0: Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. joined by both my co-host, Cam, and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, as we are here to recap Money in the Bank, which took place uh, yesterday on Saturday as we were recording Sunday night. We'll talk about everything that went down there, the results, what it means for the future and the storylines in WWE leading into SummerSlam. Talk a little bit about AEW as well, as we have not recorded since Forbidden Door took place uh, last weekend, just because of uh, schedules and my power was out earlier this week when we were supposed to record. So that's why we didn't get a preview show out to you guys. But we are here to recap uh, Money in the Bank uh, from, like I said yesterday. So let's get started with both Money in the Bank matches. We'll just talk about that first. The winners being Damian Priest on the men's side of things and EO Sky on the women's side of things. Um, I thought both matches were entertaining. Um, again, I got to give credit to Logan Paul for doing good there. and I, I cannot believe how he did not almost die and break his neck by landing on his head when they went to go do that Spanish fly off the rope. And you could tell they were trying to set up something because they t- uh, they tumbled off the ladder and then they tried to reset themselves and then it's like, they're just like, fuck it, let's go. And yeah, when I saw him lying headfirst on that table, I was like, ooh, that looks scary. But he, he stuck around and it seemed like maybe LA Knight was going to win at some point. Uh, you know, he had his teases there at the end and I, and I was waiting for Damian Priest to come back. I'm like, I have not seen Damian Priest in forever and if you know how a ladder match works, it's you know If somebody's not there the whole time And it looks like it's building toward the end of the match There's a good chance that guy's coming back Or that girl's coming back at the end there And that's what happened with Damian Priest uh, I thought the ending to the women's match Was unique with Io Sky uh, Handcuffing Bailey and Becky through the ladder So they couldn't climb up uh, To get her win there um, so that was unique. I thought Selena Vega's um, code red off the top of the ladder. Good lord, I watched her and Zoe Stark both bounce like that, like they did off the ladder. It was, again, another scary spot, given like, how tiny Selena is, but props to her for doing it. But again, another entertaining match. Um, so I'll go to you, Cam, first. Your thoughts on the two Money in the Bank winners.
1: I mean, I thought the men's match was probably one of the better ones. I mean, I have to go back and watch them, obviously, but I felt like there was a lot of really really good spots ricochet jumped through the ladder and took everybody out that was pretty cool um i was more concerned for ricochet's landing position than logan paul's i mean logan paul you know he he went head first too but ricochet went like neck head first as well um and i thought it was kind of funny that you had like two or three referees over there checking on logan paul but like one dude went over there and was like you good, ricochet he's yeah i'm all right, and he just walked away and i was just like oh okay so that's what you know they're over there making sure logan paul looked like he got to a, a car a car crash or something uh, but I thought the match was, was really well done. I'm, the crowd was super hot. I thought LA Knight was going to win it there at the end. But, you know, Damian Priest came and won. So, you know, you could tell Triple H definitely booked these shows or booked these winners compared to Vince because you had Damian Priest and EO Sky, some NXT protégés coming up and winning Money in the Bank. You know, if it was Vince, it probably would have been Otis again and, you know, like Charlotte Flair or something like that. I um, thought the women's match was good. You know, obviously my prediction of Trish winning and her and Becky wrestling at SummerSlam for... You know, to decide who is Miss Money in the Bank, you know, isn't going to come true. Maybe we'll get that match instead with EO and ba- Bailey's. You know, Bailey was, I guess, holding the briefcase up on the press conference. You know, acting like she she's the winner of the match. Um, so maybe they'll do EO versus Bailey for the Women's uh, Money in the Bank match, singles match at SummerSlam. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was really well done. You know, I think it still leaves the door open, I guess, for a Becky um, Trish match. But uh, you know, it made more sense if. If they were going to continue that feud into SummerSlam, you think they would have had uh, Becky and, and Trish be the ones handicapped or handcuffed to each other uh, as Io climbed up instead of vice versa. But, you know, nonetheless, Io uh, won. I think she's well-deserved, and, uh, you know, we'll see who she cashes in on.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I actually read something today that there was talk about adding Charlotte Flair into the match, similar to the way that Logan Paul was added to the men's match. I was like, oh, good Lord, imagine if they did that. I mean people are already over Charlotte enough as it is. And then yeah, go ahead and try to do that. I don't think she would have won, but I saw something about that today. I mean, yeah, I'm somebody that's higher on Damian Priest than a lot of people. Um, you know, I've been a fan of it since I saw him in Ring of Honor fight Will Ospreay in person. I was like, you know, this this guy's holding his own here in this match. Uh, you know, felt like a kind of a flat win. I get the window. Like, you know, obviously they'll build tension and Judgment Day. Uh, we already saw that a little bit last night with him being out there with the briefcase with Finn Balor. Uh, so there's that, and obviously the like you, I can't mention the EO Sky Bailey tension that's there as well. So that'll be teased as well. And um, you know it's you know EO's actually held the briefcase now for I think I said I, my prediction for the match was that Zelina was gonna win and become the first woman to not successfully cash in, uh, but that's not gonna happen. We'll see what happens with uh, EO, and if she cashes in and like uh, Cam said I agree, you could tell this is a Triple H kind of thing with Damian Priest and EO Sky winning because you know like you said Vince it was Vince, it probably would have been like a Trish and Logan Paul because, you know, why do you mean, I guess Trish is more of a current star than I thought she was going to be considering she's like, she's on almost every week, but yeah, I mean, it's a big push for EO. I think we saw, everybody saw that come in that, you know, with triple H, Somewhat still in charge, obviously a big fan of her. She's getting over. She's a good worker. Give us an EO Sky Asuka match at some point, point. it'll just be great. Let them do the Japanese women's style and just chop and beat the crap out of each other. And we'll see what Damian Priest, I got a feeling, I mean, we talked about it in the weeks building up to the show that, you know, are any of these guys actually going to cash in on a world champion, Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns, or is uh, Damian Priest going to cash in on somebody like an Austin Theory or uh Gunther, who the hell knows but uh interesting options I think for both of them. Uh chairman, what are your thoughts on the two money in the bank winners?
2: Yeah, I was uh very happy with the results. I predicted wrong for both of course. I took LA Knight for the men's match. I think we all did and that was seems to be the popular pick, of, you know, with a lot of wrestling fans. I see Damian Priest won. I was happy for Damian Priest. I like you, Justin, you know, I've been a fan of his, you know, since Punch Martinez era and Ring of Honor and you know, he was kind of like the guy I was thinking was coming to the ring. I'm like, you know, I wouldn't hate it if Priest won this. And then he did. And, you know, all of a sudden, the people on the internet are all butthurt. They're like, oh, Triple H dropped the ball. I'm like, what do you mean he dropped the ball? I mean, yeah, the great and all. I mean, we all like him. We all picked him. But, you know, Damian Priest is just as deserving. He had a great match, you know, at Backlash of, you know, that stupid bad bunny guy. And, you know, he's been killing it, you know, all year with his Judgment Day run. He was fantastic in NXT, even. I mean... I'm a big fan of Damian Priest. You know, sure he's a little older, but whatever. You know, he's a great piece. You know, in Judgment Day, the briefcase in the Judgment Day f- family will be interesting to see, especially if there's tension with him and Finn. Um, obviously, we know Damian Priest has had his run-ins of Seth Rollins. You know, being part of the Judgment Day, so he might be the you know target for senior Money in the Bank. You know, and as much as I hate Logan Paul, and I'm glad he didn't win, but I will say that Ricochet spot was insane and. That was kind of like the uh, holy shit moment of the night for me. And, you know, obviously we, Butch got his, or Pete Dunn, I like to say still, because that's his name, you know, had a hometown favorites, you know, they loved him, you know, and Santos and Shinsuke, they were there, you know, and they they had their moments, but, you know, nothing really exactly memorable. Still, Santos had some badass uh, attire when he came to the ring. And uh, congratulations to Eoskai. She will be the second longest briefcase holder to come Raw because I feel like every woman other than Carmella has to cash in that night. So maybe because there was no women's championship match, didn't give her the opportunity to do so, but uh, good for EOS Sky for having the title for a briefcase for more than two days. Um, There's definitely give me some tension now with, uh, you know, damage control though. Bailey might be in judgment day. Depends who you ask. I mean, Samantha so kind of botched that again, um, but yeah, uh, you know, obviously, Bailey tried to screw EO at one point in the match, so if uh, EO ends up rewatching the match by chance, sees that, you know, that might trigger something, but Bailey's gonna be an interesting piece. I think those two are gonna have a match at SummerSlam, maybe for the briefcase. I can definitely see that. I like Cam. I picked Trish as well. I definitely agree with, with Cam, thinking the Trish Stratus would win the briefcase, and then her and Becky would fight SummerSlam, possibly for the briefcase. Obviously, that's off the table, but um, Trish being in that match definitely was a you know, definitely something that could have won it, definitely could have gave herself another title reign. We, we kind of talked about how the Ways division, other than Rhea, has been killing it. But, like, Asuka, is she going to be someone that could be a champ long-term that would you know, gauge interest like Rhea, or is she just going to be kind of flat? And then you have someone like Trish Stratus, who, known by pretty much anyone as a wrestling fan, cash in. But, obviously Io's the chosen one to hold the briefcase right now, and we'll definitely see where that goes. And I also want to shout out for Zelina Vega, who absolutely killed it in that match. You know, she's had some big matches the last couple of Live events. You know, I hope she gets um, some breakout attention here. Hope she gets some bigger moments, you know, and hopefully, you know, we get a new start in the making there with Selena Vega.
0: Yeah, like you said, we have Carmella who uh, had the longest. You had Alexa Bliss who cashed in the same night. Bailey the same night. Asuka was technically the next night, but of course that was because you know Becky was pregnant, so was I guess you want to count it as a cash in, but she actually won the title. Uh, yeah, I always forget about Nikki Ash and she won it the next night on Raw, and Liv did it last year on the same night. So yeah, good for you having the title for or having that briefcase for that long. Um, we talked about LA Night. Uh, you know, obviously, we have talked about we're big fans of the show. He's pretty much, this is the LA Night Podcast. We like to joke around and say all the time now. What do you think? I mean, he's, he's clear he's over. You know, the London crowd, non-London crowd. It doesn't matter where he goes. This guy is getting pops. His He's charismatic. He's great on the mic. He owned Logan Paul this past Friday on SmackDown. Um, you know, I know he's a little older and that was you know, if you saw there was an LA Knight interview where they were like, you know, well he's in his forties, we can't push him, it's just like, okay, well if he was Goldberg, you know, you could come back and do a match. But and I yes, I know Goldberg has a bigger star power than LA Knight, but uh, you know, he's just got to the WB a little bit too late in his career, but he's maybe the most over guy on either show now at this point. I mean Cody and Roman obviously, but you know, after that, I don't know. But He's on SmackDown. Uh, you know, we don't know what's next. If you had to pick a path, I'll go to UCAM first with this question. What do you think should be next for LA Knight uh, in the WWE?
1: I mean, I would say LA Knight's, like, top five as far as if we're determining over. We would, I would go, currently, I would go Jey Uso, Roman, uh, Cody Seth, and then LA Knight. Um, I feel like he... <laughs> See, the thing about him winning, I mean, then you got to set up something marquee, super over him and Logan Paul one-on-one at SummerSlam would be nice. You know, maybe they'll do end up doing a best of three because I have a feeling if they do that match that Logan Paul, who really doesn't have any singles wins or, you know, doesn't didn't win Money in the Bank, didn't beat Cena, didn't beat Seth Rollins. So he's, what, one and four, two and five, something like that in his WWE career. So he has been a fantastic entertainer, but at some point I think he needs a weapon to match. So if they do that, I unfortunately think he beats LA Knight the first time. And then they could run it back at the whatever pay-per-view is after uh, SummerSlam this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's super over. He definitely had his moments. Uh, now that Damien Priest is Mr. Money in the Bank, I can see him cashing in on Seth because now it looks like they're going to tease the tension probably going forward and possibly breaking up or at least splitting up um, judgment day where you can maybe have Damian Priest leave or Finn Balor get kicked out and have Finn Balor turn babyface and maybe go after Austin Theory. I think that's, I was thinking about that earlier. If you have, um, you know Finn get kicked out, turn babyface, and then him in Theory could have some great matches, and maybe Finn's the guy that dethrones uh, Theory because he's uh, Finn's always been you know has a great built-in fan base, and him getting a big babyface turn after being in the top or the second top heel stable in, in the WWE the last what year plus, um, him turning babyface at some point, and Damian kind of assuming the the leadership role of Judgment Day.
0: Yeah, so Logan Paul and the Miz beat Dominic and Ray uh, night one WrestleMania 38. Then Logan Paul beat the Miz at SummerSlam. Then he lost to Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. Then there he was in the Rumble match and then he lost to Logan Paul or then he, yeah he lost to Seth Rollins at WrestleMania and then obviously the ladder match yesterday. So in singles matches, yeah he's one and two. He's two and two if you count to the tag match with the Miz and then of course there's the ladder match and the Rumble that he lost. Uh, what about you, Chairman? What path do you see for LA Knight going forward after Money in the Bank? Yeah,
2: this is definitely a interesting spot because a lot of fans are upset that LA Knight did not win the briefcase. Now you have to think here, he has to be on SummerSlam. I mean, he's the other guy, other than Daniel Bryan, to get Rey Mysterio booed, of all people. Not Dominic, Ray. Ray got booed by LA Knight on SmackDown. So it just goes to show you how over this LA Knight cat is. Now, let's get him on SummerSlam. I mean, if we're up to me, I'd wait. I wouldn't even wait till SummerSlam. I would do it this this Friday night. I would have him beat that piece of garbage Theory, who didn't make the Money in the Bank card at all, by the way. That's how garbage he is. And I would have LA become the new United States Champion. He could do that SummerSlam too. That's fine. Give him the bigger, you know, stage to do so. You know, and people would love it. People would go crazy for it. That's what I would do. And then of course you think of Royal Rumble. You know, he would he might be a favorite right now. I mean, you guys say top five. I could probably say that could be you know definitely. And, you know, someone like that should be in the final four of the Royal Rumble this year. I don't see why he shouldn't be. So, thinking long-term here, you know, projected-wise, you know, good things to come to those those who wait. Well, you know, he could be a favorite for the Royal Rumble. But I think, you know, I would definitely see him run with the U.S. title for a while and kind of bring some prestige back to that title. But I think there's big things to come for LA Knight as long as the fans are still behind him and don't give up on him.
0: Yeah, I agree. I thought when they started that show yesterday with that match, I thought for sure he was going to win. Because I said, they you have the risk and the chance of a possible mutiny if, like, from the crowd if LA Knight doesn't win this match? Especially if there was going to be Logan Paul that ended up winning." Because you I mean realistically, no, I don't think anybody thought Ricochet, Nakamura, uh, Butch, or. Um Santos Escobar were winning that match. I thought, you know, Damian Priest would have been third on my list of people that could potentially win, but, so they won Priest and the crowd was like, oh, you know, we almost had our moment with him and that was fine. Uh, But, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you as far as U.S. titles go. Uh, You know, hell, like, if you're going to do, if you're going to try to get back to Cody Roman at WrestleMania next year, I mean, Seth is a pot. I mean, I could see LA Knight being a possible opponent for Seth. Why not? Especially if he continues his traje- trajectory and gets over, stays over and the crowd doesn't take uh leave him, which at this point I foresee no reason why they would, I think they'll be with him even stronger after money in the bank. Uh, of course, yesterday the main event of Money in the Bank was the Usos defeating Roman Reigns and Solo Sequoia with Jey Uso being the first person to pin Roman Reigns since Baron Corbin did it back three and a half years ago, which is something to think about. I saw somebody say today that the last three people to uh, pin Roman Reigns were Jey Uso, Baron Corbin, and uh, Eric Rowan. That's a very uh, interesting group of people there to have that claim, but of course, you know, the cinematic stuff triple H actually even in his press conference after uh, described it as a cinematic match so I thought it was kinda of funny. Uh, you know, the you know, the class that, or like kind of the callback where after where Roman went to go pin Jay and Jay kicked out of a spear, he low blowed him, kinda of like how Roman did to Jay back all the way I think it was at Night of Champions in twenty twenty. So the karma's there. Uh, Jay gets the pin after multiple super kicks and then a frog splash off the top. So more than likely, I'm guessing, setting up Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, which, again, we've kind of all talked about and called a few weeks ago. So somebody's uh, Triple H must be having somebody listen to the show if he's not listening to it on his own. Uh, so somebody saw that and said, hey, we should do that for SummerSlam. Like we said, there really was no other opponent for you know, Roman Reigns that stuck out to us at SummerSlam. I mean, Cody's on Raw. Uh, there's nobody really else on the SmackDown side of things that jumped out right away. So Roman J seems like the best way to go. And like I said, I feel like you're looking at, you know, why not? Like after Cody, the second big, like the second best chance to have somebody beat, uh, Roman for the titles. I think he has a better chance of beating Roman than drew did. Um, it's one of those things where you go, how long do you want to actually go with this Roman reign and who's next? I mean, honestly, I feel like Cody Roman again would be some somewhat flat. I mean, I think the crowd would still be into it, but I don't know if they would want to see it a second time, but uh great match. Uh, I thought, um, the British crowd calling Roman a tribal wanker was pretty funny. Um, you know, Roman played it off really well too, but you know, it just continues to be the best storyline in WWE in ages. Uh, so I'll go to you chairman first this time. What are your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, you know, this is a big story, probably the best story when this gets the last match, you know, sometimes you're going to have a world championship match close the show. Sometimes you're going to have the money to make briefcase matches close it. But More often than not, you know, usually you're going to have something big on the line here. And having the Usos versus Roman and Solo just shows you how big this match was. And having J-Pin Roman, which I did not see coming. I was very surprised by that. That just tells me, A, they're setting up SummerSlam, like you said, Justin. And B, this is why this match closed the show. This was the big, holy shit, send everybody home, happy moment. Like, Roman did everything. He could. He freaking took both the USOs down and stacked them up and tried that pin from WrestleMania a couple years ago with Daniel Bryan and Edge, and then they kicked out. And then like, you know, the finish was wild. It was on fire. Like there, there was, there was some passion there. I mean, this is this is awesome. And you know, I'm really excited to see, you know, how we get to main event Jay versus Roman at SummerSlam. Like, do they take out Jimmy so he's out of the equation before SummerSlam? My vote says probably. But maybe he's still there to kind of nullify Solo. You know, there's a lot of ways they can go here, and I really agree that this is pretty much the only match you can do for SummerSlam for Roman because SmackDown doesn't exactly have the strongest roster outside of you know the few guys we've talked about already. I mean, Cody's out on Raw, and Sami Zayn chapter's long gone. That's over. I mean, what do you do? Have Randy Orton come back out of nowhere? I don't think he's been on the long list of the travel chief, but I think the story right now doesn't fit him in there. I don't think it fits anybody in there. I mean, I think Jay's definitely the match you got to do. Now, is it Jay's time to take him out? Hard to say. We'll talk about that more in a couple of weeks, but, you know, being that Baron Corbin was the last person to pin Roman, hopefully Jay doesn't go down the Baron Corbin path of, you know, becoming a King, losing your crown, dumping dog food on people. And then going broke and then becoming happy Jay Uso for a while. And, you know, he can get Rick Moss back and it'd be just really weird and awkward. And hopefully it doesn't happen that way. And then Jay can go back to being the lone wolf. I don't know. It'd be weird. But uh, Jay's definitely the guy. He's definitely over. The question is does he defeat Roman Reigns? If I were to say right now, I don't see it because they want to rush this reign as long as they can. I think they're trying to go for Bruno shit here. But, uh, this would obviously be the moment to do it is to have Jay take Roman out. I think he's best, best choice right now.
0: Yeah. And he's definitely over. It's weird to see, you know, him going from a tag team guy to this, but we've seen the Usos rising. We can go all the way back to before the blood, End when they kind of changed up their whole gimmick and have it, what it is like today Where they it's got, came back with dumped the paint, all the tribal dancing and just kind of came back as like, you know, Badass guys everybody loved them And to see where they've gotten it's great For both Jimmy and Jay I know they've gone through Like their own troubles in the past with DUIs And whatnot but you know to see them Hopefully maybe have their life Back on track and be able to do this and Have Jay main event the Third biggest pay-per-view of The year uh, is going to be Great for him and obviously for the whole Roman annoy family uh, What are your thoughts Cam on uh, the The main event for money in the bank
1: I mean, going back to the Usos and Sammy Kevin Owens match, and you know the recent memory matches. I mean, you gotta talk about at least early match or this middle of the year now, a uh, match of the year candidate. I thought it was very well done, very well put together. When Roman hit the the second the spear on Jay the second time, okay, I thought for sure that was it. I mean, it was really well done. I thought Solo did a great job. Paul did a great job, of course. Um, I mean, at this point, this is this is the match, and I mean, this might be the moment, and I was thinking about this earlier too, that if we're ever going to get to a Rock-Roman match where they don't need the title, and it could headline one of the nights at WrestleMania, I mean, Roman losing the belt to Jey Uso at SummerSlam, taking some time off, and possibly even winning the Royal Rumble instead of going after a title, calling out The Rock for some reason or something, and just to uh, have Roman come back just completely pissed and Run through a couple of guys, and then really, eventually, at some point, if we are going to get Roman versus The Rock, uh, this might be the best route. If Roman's completely pissed off, and Rock can come back and say you are never the head of the table, he can support Jey Uso as he has a title reign, and, you know, onward and upward. Um, I wonder if they'll make Jey carry on all three titles. He totally should for at least a while, just to troll Roman Reigns. But yeah, I thought the match was well done, and you know, like I said, this is this is the easy headliner for the sh- for WrestleMania. I think it's. Um, Obviously, we talked about before. It's been the best storyline for you know well over a year, two years. Now it's been building and building, and you know the reason why Cody didn't win the title. Maybe it's Jay Uso's time, and maybe you know then Jey Uso has a has a nice run. <clears throat> Be a lot better, I think, than the than the the Kofi extravaganza. Um, and yeah, it could definitely have my headline WrestleMania or SummerSlam.
0: Uh, Jake can have Jimmy carry around the other two belts, so Jimmy can take both of those, and Jake can have the, the new undisputed WWE Universal title. That's how i will be able to, uh, to get away with that. And then I just want to see, I want to see a Sulkin Paul Heyman. Then afterwards, just walking around with his hands on his shoulders, still pretending like they should be there, but they're not. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's It's the best storyline in the WWE in all of pro wrestling. I think you know, in 2023, it was the best one in 2022. Uh, we thought it was going to peak with the Sami Zayn story, and it didn't. And you know, it's still kind of. Peaking. We were all wondering what the And then after WrestleMania, we're like, what the hell's happening next? And then everybody kind of imploded. The bloodline imploded. And everybody's like, well, who's going to be made a star out of this? And it's like, it's Jay Uso. He's the guy being made a star out of this. Even though, like I said, the Usos have been on the rise. They may have ended WrestleMania, but you know, this is Jay's breakout time to shine. And I'm sure they're going to put. Everything into this match being a classic, um, you know. Obviously, you're going to have the cinematic stuff, the ta- over talking. Maybe for some people that don't uh, care for it, but I am looking forward to seeing this main event. Like I said, because I honestly think Jay is a, has a chance to possibly take this title off Roman, and we will see how that gets built up over the next few weeks as we lead into. Uh, is leading into SummerSlam um, We also had, let's see, so we had Seth Rollins uh, Retain his, uh, his, his World Championship against uh, Finn Balor we had the. We also had the return of Drew McIntyre in uh, after Gunther defeated uh, Riddle for the Intercontinental title. Uh, apparently, Drew still doesn't have a contract extension sorted out, and he wanted a, a story, a big, story, like a good storyline to come back. And I think, as I said last night, uh, or yes, last evening, I guess you want to say, uh, yeah, give me Drew versus Gunther just smacking the shit out of each other for twenty minutes. We saw it with Gunther and Sheamus, and I'm sure him and. Gunther and Drew would be just as good. So I'm looking forward to that. It'll be interesting to see when they book the match, because I believe we I calculated that it'd be like around September when Gunther would break the uh, Intercontinental title reign of the Honky Tonk Man. So I don't think that Gunther is losing before then. And in all honesty, you know, I, we like Drew McIntyre. I like Drew McIntyre. He's not really the guy that should be beating... Gunther for the Intercontinental title at this point. I mean, we're almost to the we're pretty much to the point now where whoever beats Gunther for the Intercontinental title is somebody who should be getting made, kind of like when you beat like the champion of the WWE or the World Champion to get made there. Uh, that's kind of what you're looking at with the Intercontinental title reign right now. So I don't know. I mean. Who- I've always thought there was a possibility that Braun Breaker gets called up and he's the one that ends up beating Gunther for the Intercontinental title, but he's a heel now down in NXT, so I don't know if they would bring him up as a heel too. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, any uh, thoughts, Chairman, on those two matches that I just mentioned there?
2: I mean, SummerSlam is where the Honky Tonk Man lost his Intercontinental title reign in, like, just under a minute to the Ultimate Warrior You think that uh, Drew McIntyre would walk in there and Claymore, uh, Gunther's head, clean off in seconds and then end the potential record? That crowd would be pissed. Twitter would explode. The rate limit would crash and Elon Musk would freak out. Like, that would be the worst booking decision ever. But this is also a legit opponent for Guther at SummerSlam. I'm guessing this is what we're going to do based on what we saw last night. Because Drew is a legit former world champion. He is a guy that could easily, I don't say easily, but he's a guy that could be a threat to the reign of Gunther. So this is big. Like this is probably the, one of the best ideas you could come up with for Gunther at SummerSlam, because there's a lot of B-level guys you could have threw in there, but you're putting Drew McIntyre in there. That's a big fucking match. So I'm excited for it. They're going to beat the shabby Char like you said. And then, you know, fit in and Seth was fine. You know, obviously Seth was heavily favored to probably retain I mean, the most interesting part of that match, I would say, would be the Damian Priest hanging outside of the briefcase, making his teases, and Finn getting distracted. And then now there's some potential riff in the Judgment Day, so lots of eyes on that. See what happens with those two. Um, that's really all there is to really say about that. Um, I'm curious to see what Seth has in plan for Summerslam as the champion. Should he make it there of Damian O'Keehan? But I'm sure he will. I mean. I think I read somewhere that they're teasing a Seth Dominic, the serial runback from a couple of years ago, but I'm curious to see what Seth does at SummerSlam. I have no idea what they're playing for him right now, but um, SummerSlam is looking really good just from the few things we've talked about already.
0: Yeah, and especially when you figure that the talk is there's going to be Cody um, Cody Brock 3 at SummerSlam in some kind of stipulation match. Uh, you figure you got Gunther Drew. Yeah, I mean, the options for Seth there, I mean, you know, Logan Paul wouldn't make any sense, I don't think, even though it's something they might push, even though he lost to Seth Rollins before, so I don't think that works. Um, Yeah, I don't really know who is over there on the Raw side of things, but honestly, I mean, I know people probably would have liked it, but Dominic, I mean, I would have had Dominic beat Cody if that was the case, but um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see if they do end up uh, going that route, what it is with Seth and who they go with. Uh, What are your thoughts, uh, Cam?
1: Uh, I can't believe, well, Justin, I can't believe you didn't talk about your girl Liv getting titles back. I think I was the only one to predict that, right?
0: Oh, yeah, I was going to bring that up next. I was going to tie it into Ronda Rousey. uh,
1: Sorry. Okay, well, yeah. (laughs) You're like, no, I'm going to bring it up. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I mean, I thought, like I said, I thought Seth and Finn was a little clunky. I think the the match was basically just set up for the end. Uh, They kind of just got there. I wasn't really, like, too thrilled. I thought it was going to be... The, le- the best pure wrestling match of the night, I guess you would say, because the money, in the big matches are, are big spots. And Roman and the Usos was definitely going to be all um, store, a lot of storytelling. There was some really good moves. And I, you know, Solo looked like a star, but, you know, I thought this was going to be the best pure wrestling match. And it kind of fell short for me as far as wrestling goes. I felt like it was just being set up for the finish. Um, so they can taint, they can start to tease the tension in the bloodline. Finn can blame Damian blah, blah, blah. And then at some point they probably kick Finn out and, you, you know, you kind of cut the fat of judgment day and go down to four or go down to three members and would be the, be the leader of it. And, you know, Dominic just be kind of just be mama's little boy and um, just run like that and have Finn turn baby face. Um, as far as Gunther and Seamus, I mean, I think it's going to be fantastic. I feel like, I don't know, like there is, I guess if, if Drew hasn't signed a new deal, if she signs a new deal by SummerSlam or something, you hear something about a new deal, I could see them definitely doing it and beginning the push to have Gunther start moving up the card. Especially if you know if you have uh, Gunther, you know, uh, or if Jay beats Gunther, you know that I think that's a f- solid first first challenger. If you know if Roman takes time off, is Jay Uso versus Gunther for the the world title, which I think would be fantastic, or the Universal title, or whatever, whichever belt Roman's carrying around that he's going to lose. Who knows? At this point, maybe he'll just try to pull a fast one and be like, okay, I'll give Jay Uso this belt, but I'm keeping the other two belts, and then I'll have to have a whole thing with Adam Pearce, and it'll be hilarious. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, if, if Drew signs a, a deal, I can see him beating Gunther, I think it will get a, a huge pop. Um, again, the way Imperium's kind of booked, they like, you know, they lost a six-man, I know it's just a house show, but they lost a six-man tag to, I can't even remember it. I'm like, Gunther should not be taking the loss in this match. He should be coming out ahead beating whoever it was. I can't even remember but they don't really treat the group great. I mean, Goopther gets his moments, he is the IC champion. But I wish they were a little bit more dominant. So I could see Seamus coming back with a big bang and kind of freshening up the IC title scene. And Goother can move up the card.
0: Yes, and then the only other matches, like we said, the uh, we talked about uh Cam said, Live and Raquel. Retaining, I guess Cody Dominic happened too, but there's really nothing too much to that match. Uh, but Liv Raquel getting the women's tag titles back from Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey after almost out of nowhere, actually, not almost definitely out of nowhere, Shayna Baszler turned on Ronda Rousey. Um, you know, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Apparently, this was the plan the whole time, and Ronda Rousey's contract is coming up soon, and she has a hard out date that she is going to do. Because apparently, Ronda Rousey is going to be finishing up, it looks like, uh, in the WWE, and uh, kind of surprising. I mean, I thought for sure that she would have stuck around a little bit longer, but I mean, I think her star, her luster, pretty much fell off when she came back and uh last year at the rumble and everybody's just kind of like uh oh, you know her again and then she kind of flandered around like floated around you know then she gets into the tag title scene and i mean if they were trying to make ronda the sympathetic baby face in that situation uh, i got the bad news for you uh, i think she is going to get booed pretty heavily in detroit when it comes to Summerslam time if that's where they're going to end up doing the match but um, I, might, I got a feeling it might have been rushed a little bit because like I said there was no teasing of no tension of any kind between Shayna and Ronda in the build up to this they had just won the tag titles a couple weeks ago I mean it was almost like uh, when they did it in NXT with uh, who was it Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez like a week later she ends up turning on Roxanne and it's like Really? Like, you guys just won these tag titles, so I guess this is the curse of the women's tag titles. I hope Liv and Raquel hold it for a while. I mean, they're fine together as a tag team. I'd like to see the brain have a little bit of, like, somebody having a long ring with these tag titles. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't know what this leads to. If it means Rhonda, if Rhonda's definitely leaving, it's like, okay, if this was her run in the WWE, I think overall uh it has to be considered a disappointment i mean yes she was in the main event or first woman to main event wrestlemania but we never got that ronda becky singles match that everybody thought was going to ha- get happen because we had to insert charlotte flair at wrestlemania 35 because she was promised it and then becky got two over and then we didn't even get becky ronda at wrestlemania i believe it was supposed to be this past year when everybody thought is something that could happen and you know they One of them, Becky, Ronda, whoever you want to believe, shot it down. But I definitely think her star power is definitely down from when she first started. And I would have to honestly consider her WWE run a pretty big disappointment. Uh, I know a hard out date for Ronda Rousey leaving the WWE just has to bring joy to your face, Chairman.
2: Oh, absolutely. This is great. Good riddance. (laughs) But um, let's talk about first how garbage those women tag team titles are because what are we doing here? You had a great tag team with Alba Badon, Elsa Fire, and you have them lose their titles in a unification match to a team that broke up literally days later. That does not make sense. I mean, I transitional champions fine, but what are we gonna make these women tag titles mean something? I feel like the reigns are whatever, they're forgettable, they don't even get booked half the time. I mean, I'm happy for Liv and Raquel, they're fantastic. And I really wish I would have predicted them, but I thought they were going to kind of save that moment for SummerSlam. But now it looks like Shayna and Ronnie are probably going to fight at SummerSlam. And Shayna's going to get the biggest pop of the night because, like you said, Justin, Ronnie's hot and stinking pile of garbage. No one's going to miss her. You can try to make her sympathetic. But she's the worst. Like, she is the worst. Good riddance. She's taking spots from people back when she first came in. She had women's championship reigns. It was terrible i hate celebrities wrestling um good red ins good go back to ufc you won't be missed and then you know i'm excited for Liv and raquel i mean maybe they could bring some respect to these tag team championships because let's be real really nobody has i mean there was a hot moment with sasha and naomi but then obviously that blew up in smoke you know and the kabuki warriors at one time you know that was decent but you know bailey sasha had their run too and there's a few decent moments, but overall, like, these tag titles really need to do something, and I think Liv and Raquel can be that team. I mean, Liv obviously is a former, you know, women's champion, and Raquel was in NXT, and I mean, they both could be very phenomenal singles competitors, and, you know, honestly, you know, outside of a few, there ain't too many challengers for Rhea, so, I mean, I know Liv and Raquel aren't SmackDown, but I mean, if the tag team thing don't work out for those two, well, you got two really good single stars that could be used to somehow, some way fight, whether it be Asuka or, you know, Mama. So, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting how this tag division just doesn't work out or bad booking. I don't think they really got a fair chance to be something big and bad, but uh, I think this team can do it. And Ronnie, good riddance. You won't be missed.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they definitely Need a tag team to Establish these titles for a long run I mean, at this point, I, would, I mean, Liv and Raquel Are definitely over, obviously Liv has her own Unique following, uh, Raquel has, has a good, she had, was good in NXT She grew there, um, and so I'm Fine with her and Liv as a pairing I mean, I, I would really hope at this point they could have them Hold on to those titles till WrestleMania So that's looking at, let's see, we're going into July So August, July to August, September, October, November December, January, February, March If you go to the first of April, so that's like a nine month reign i honestly there would be no reason why i don't think you could have them hold the titles for that long uh there's really no tag team threat right now and you can build up a tag team in that time or bring one of them up somebody up from nxt in order to do that uh what about you cam your thoughts on this possible ronda rousey uh leaving soon story well i mean i agree with you ever since she her
1: first run you know the first year she was she was super over everything was working for her I mean, she's nothing more than a mid-card talent, which is really weird if you really consider. But it seems like her, maybe even like her star factor has worn off. And you know, that's no discredit to her. Obviously, she's changing her lifestyle, and you know, you don't really see her in movies or commercials or anything like that anymore. So, you know, she's settling down and she's ready to do do the mom life and be married thing. Which you know, kudos to her. Like, you know, she, she transitioned from UFC to WWE. She had like a really good first year or so, and then after that, you know, she's kind of floundered off. Um, She still never really got that good at wrestling or really cutting a promo, but, you know, she did her best. She came in with and used, you know, she was the baddest woman on the planet at one time, and she came in and did that for a while. And she'll probably go into the Hall of Fame, and, you know, she'll probably, her and Shayna will have a match at SummerSlam, and she'll, Shayna will beat her. And hopefully that gives Shayna some sort of, you know, push back towards the top of the card where she can at least challenge, um, excuse me, Asuka or Rhea or anybody like that down the line. Um, but yeah, it is what it is, you know, as far as the women's tag team division goes, you know, Raquel and, Raquel and Liv are kind of it right now. You kind of look around, you're like, okay, they could throw some makeshift teams together like they always do, but there's nothing really that strong. I and mean, maybe they should try to focus on that going forward. Or maybe you could even have Trish and Zoe Stark face, her, face them, maybe, you know, down the line, at least to get like a notoriety um, per- person in the ma- match, you know, make it seem like it's more than what the WWE's treated it since its inception.
0: One last thing that took place at Money in the Bank that wasn't an actual match was the surprise return of John Cena where nobody had a whiff of anything about him showing up anywhere at all. And he comes out and he teases the idea of WrestleMania possibly coming to London. And then he gets interrupted by Grayson Waller, which I liked. I'm a Grayson Waller fan. He was, one, again, one of the things I would go out, like him and like Carmelo Hayes, if they were on NXT, I'd go out and try to see what they were doing because I think they both have bright futures. Um, the funny thing is, you see them teasing about WrestleMania and it it makes me think if they're only wanting to do WrestleMania because they know that AEW at however many people they are for their all in show, uh, coming up in August in Wembley and they're like, well, fuck them. We have to go out and do a bigger gate for WrestleMania with a bigger attendance because we're not letting any company, uh, beat us in something like that, which I find obviously petty, but I also find hilarious that people care enough to like, like, you know the uh, AEW hardcore die diehard you know diehards like ripping on WWE for I'm like, like who gives a shit? This is the kind of, this is the fun stuff that I like. Like they're WWE is so petty doing this that they're like, oh no, nope us. Oh, like Vince is like walking around in the office like damn it, pal, we need to do 80,000, and they'll announce 100,000, though. From what I read is that April is really rainy in in England, the London area, so uh, I don't know if they'd actually would be able to do something like that outdoors. But uh, do you think so? Do you think that's why they're doing this, Cam, and why they might be doing it? Because I feel like they wouldn't announce or even tease a London WrestleMania if they didn't actually have plans for a London WrestleMania.
1: Uh, I mean, when, when Cena came out and started talking about it, I immediately laughed and texted my buddy um, that Triple H and Vince and Bruce and, and Nick Khan got together and were like, oh, yeah, Tony Khan, you think you're so cool running Wembley? We'll run Wembley two nights in a row and sell it out. That was direct, a direct shot. I mean, maybe they had some sort of idea, but they could easily sell out Wembley and announce it for the next year, you know, the next month or so. Like, Not this WrestleMania, but the following one's going to be at Wembley Stadium two nights. And they'll sell it out or get close to it and they'll sell more tickets in AEW and Tony Khan will be pissed because he's he's a Londonite because he represents Fulham, um, you know, so he will probably probably pissed off as soon as they saw it and probably going to definitely gonna try to bring Goldberg in for a Goldberg versus fucking, I don't know, Luchasaurus match or something stupid. That'll be horrible. And then AEW fans will be conflicted because they'll have to love Goldberg because he's on the AEW screen. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. You know, maybe they'll do Waller and Cena at some point. You know, I could see that. You know, Cena worked with Theory. I could see Cena working with Grayson Waller maybe at this year's WrestleMania. Maybe even SummerSlam. Hell, who knows? Cena, Cena likes to play ball. You know, one day Dwayne has to play ball. But Cena will play ball from time to time. And, you know, he can wrestle, wrestle Grayson Waller, and that will be cool. But, yeah, they definitely could easily do it. They haven't ran one over there in a while. People have talked about it. They could do the same amount start time, like 12, 1 o'clock you know pacific four o'clock on the east coast which is totally fine for everyone on the east coast um and they could easily sell it out you know those people went fucking nuts when cena said that wrestlemania was coming or might come to, to england and those people went nuts uh so yeah i could definitely see it happening
0: I mean, yeah, maybe I could get up there at WrestleMania. I, mean, I know Newcastle's on the complete opposite side of the country. Go to a Newcastle game and go down for Mania. That would be uh, that'd be fun for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's Cena's always energetic. It's good. Like he feeds off the crowd now. It's great that kind of appearance that he gets. Um, you know, talking to Stu, the camera guy. Yeah, thankfully, he at least kept his hat on this time, so he didn't see the giant bald spot on the back of his head, which wasn't there obviously when I saw Fast Ten last weekend. Uh, but what about you, Chairman? Uh, your thoughts on that announcement for? Uh, possible London mania
2: yeah that was wild to see Cena there because he was kind of totally off the radar like you know you heard oh Randy Orton might be back or Brock Lesnar might attack Cody and then you know there was some Drew talk too, and Drew did show up but it was pretty well under wraps especially the Cena one so someone's finally uh not feeding the dirt cheap boys uh what they want to hear so good keep secrets I like secrets secrets are fun make wrestling more fun um you know John was there and Grayson Waller he kind of did his thing, and honestly, I really not too familiar with his work. Don't watch a whole lot of his team is there, and you know, he kind of gave me a Rip ripoff vibe when I saw him on SmackDown a few weeks ago. I'm like, okay, you know, he went toe to toe with John Cena in the promo department, and I think this is a program that has potential. You know, if John's calendar is open to it, you know, whether it be SummerSlam or Mania next year, you know, we can do a John Cena versus Grace Waller. Why the hell not? I think it'll be a lot better for you know Grace Waller's career. I mean long as you know he don't get buried alive like theory did by cena that was hilarious by the way but um the mania thing at london i mean crowding it up sure triple h is kind of uh dodging the questions in the presser though he's like hey you know a lot of logistics and stuff you know so i mean it, it would definitely do well if he did it sure i mean but i mean what city doesn't want to have wrestlemania i mean every city wants wrestlemania even though wwe's kind of zoned in on the certain few places they go you know florida texas cali new orleans you know sometimes they will hit new york but you know we'll see what happens if they decide to take it international i mean i'm sure canada will want a wrestlemania too it's been forever since they've had one i mean i mean who knows maybe they'll go to australia like uh grayson waller wants but i think the start time would be very bad for americans so don't think that's ever going to happen but i'm not you know, i'm going to say you know with having this uh money in the bank show in england you know it's kind of nice you know watching it on a saturday afternoon and then having your whole saturday night freed up to do whatever instead of like falling asleep so i'm like you know what maybe it won't be the worst idea in the world if we have these events on stateside just start you know at you know two in the afternoon three in the afternoon and you know obviously it's better for the some international fans because like the london folks you know they're up till like freaking what three three in the morning and that will be done earlier so i mean Maybe it's not such a bad idea. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but we know it's an affiliate for 40, 41. I don't know if I haven't heard anything yet, but I don't know. We'll see.
0: I feel, yeah, I feel like I heard talk about Maybe Minneapolis getting either 41 Or 42 and I know there was talk that once Nashville builds their new football stadium They might be able to uh, To get it hey the Bills are building a new football Stadium and it's supposed to open in 2026 But it doesn't have a roof on it So I don't think you can do an April Wrestlemania In Buffalo where it could be it could be 70 But it also could be 20 with snow So I don't think I'm going to be able to have that uh, opportunity To see it 10 minutes from my house But yeah I would all be for a possibility Of a Wrestlemania where we You start watching it at three and then you you're done by like eight o'clock. You know, you're like, oh, shit, like I can go home and not go to bed right away. It's like I can actually stay up for a little bit and maybe rewatch something that I want to watch. It's that's I'm all for those time zone kind of things. I keep doing them. Uh, I think it's great. The crowds being in all the the Puerto Rico crowd, the England crowd. I'm sure Detroit will be uh, will be a good crowd because it'll be a big arena. And I think it goes back to the state side after that. Like, I think paybacks in Pittsburgh on Labor Day weekend. So, um, But yeah, uh, the more uniqueness for some of these, the better. Uh, So that's really WWE for now. Uh, We haven't talked about AEW since Forbidden Door. Uh, so we had a really good Will Ospreay, uh, Kenny Omega match. I thought it was great. I thought Brian Okada was pretty good, too. You know, it sucks that Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, excuse me, I can't believe I'm still doing that, Um, broke his forearm the way he did. Uh, It looked like a pretty bad break from the x-ray I saw, too, so he's going to be out for a while, which sucks because of the whole uh, blood and guts storyline that's likely being built up. They're gonna have to find somebody to replace uh, Brian Danielson. But again, I mentioned this when we did our last show with Forbidden Door. It's like, okay, you know, it's great to have these types of shows like this where you get these, you know, one-off wrestling matches with like Okada and Danielson and MJF and Tanahashi. But it doesn't really help your storytelling long-term. I mean, I, I saw everybody afterwards saying, you know, all oh, this is gonna be like the big breakthrough pay-per-view for AEW. They're gonna get momentum back on track. And then the next week they did their second lowest uh, rating ever when it came to uh, viewers. So, you know, yeah, Forbidden Door might've been a good financial success, but it takes away from your natural story progression because now the next Wednesday and Dynamite, you know, I'm not going to, be worried about Nokata storyline. I'm not going to be worried about uh, a Will Ospreay or a Tanahashi storyline. It's like, yeah, it's great to see these guys stateside, and it's great to see, you know, Sting doing crazy shit in his matches. But now you got to gel back into the original, uh AEW storytelling facet of it. And now we've got a, we got the Jungle Boy heel turn. Oh, I'm so excited for that. I mean, after Sonata pretty much called him out on I don't know who this Jungle Boy guy is when uh they're doing the build up to the show. I thought that was pretty funny. But I mean, yeah, AEW's having shows where they have good wrestling matches, but at the same time it's like the stories just aren't there. And as much people like to rip on the WWE storylines and the storytelling and some like some people like to crap on the bloodline stuff for some reason, you need a little bit of that in some of that in AEW in order for it to be successful. Uh, we'll get more in depth probably with AEW next week, but uh, you just want to give any thoughts here, Chairman, before we uh, finish up here.
2: Jungle Boy has the heel jacket now. So therefore he is mega heel, just like that uh, dude that hangs out with Don Callis koshe or whatever the fuck his name is <laughs> i keep botching his name i'm um, so takesha you know he's got the jacket now everyone's got the jacket so they're a mega heel um so now that jungle boy's a heel or jack perry does that mean that him and luke source can be a tag team again since he's a heel with christian and then they can like make up and then go for the tag team or the trios championship yeah their storytelling though is very not good like I think they're more worried about matches, and matches are cool and all, but usually that's what the pay-per-views are for. Usually you need to, you have your television time to build stuff, and you guys suck at building stuff right now. I don't know. I think you guys lost Cody. I keep beating that horse to death, but I don't care, because that dude, it was, was phenomenal when he was there. And Ever since he left, it just, I don't know, they make more shows, and I don't know what's going on. The flow charts messed up. MGF is whatever. Marketing new shirts with Adam Cole, which is weird. Uh, they're doing some weird tag tournament, and then they got Keith Lee and Swerve together again, like I, I, I don't know what to make of it. You got your big tournament. That you've been hyping up on your b show on Saturday night after Money in the Bank when everyone's wrestled out by then. So, I don't know. I got the video game. I finally got that like a year later. It's sitting on my desk upstairs with uh, the wrap around it because I haven't opened it yet because I'm too knee-deep in Final Fantasy 16, So and Street Fighter 6. So, I don't know. A lot of people online are kind of so skeptical of the game, but I have it. So, I might try it out. Maybe we can binge it and talk about it. But, I don't know. I could probably book AEW better on a video game though than Tony Khan can.
0: Hey man, don't disparage Tony Khan is ledger book of notes and circles and arrows and storyboard presentation or whatever he has going on there. Uh, what about you, Cam? What are your thoughts? A quick thought on AEW before we sign off here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're all, they've treated it like a glorified independent wrestling promotion that MJF likes to call new Japan. Um, AEW outside of a couple stories here and there is basically a week to week television show. It's like a, it's like a TV show that you could just watch openly and not really need to be involved with the characters because what they're doing is probably not going to last more than a week or two anyways.
0: It's like and an episode forgot. of law and order.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's exactly. That's the same. We we're Me and my wife are watching Chicago med. i was say it's like watching Chicago med. Yes, there is a little bit of storytelling, but it's one every like eight episodes. So you're like, Oh, okay. Um, they have great matches. I, you know, Danielson's down, but you know, Blackpool Combat Club's kind of just hanging out in the mid card, anyways. Let's see if Moxley kind of takes the reins there. Um, you know, kudos to Sting and Jericho for going all out, and <clears throat> they'll have a match and maybe a couple of matches. Who knows? Um, I don't know. AEW is what it is. I mean, MJ I haven't watched Collision, but MJF faces Ethan Page, and I'm like, that's fucking must see television right there. Um, I don't know, and. and I guess I made the joke about, you know, WWE when Cena came out and said that, and, you know, it was WWE's way of saying, you know, like, all right, you know, we're, we're watching you guys. Like, let's see what, <clears throat> let's see what you got. Cause, you know, Triple H wants to probably compete, you know, su- subtly he wants to compete and have great matches and great shows. And, you know, there's the rumor now that <clears throat> their quote unquote hiring freeze, excuse me, <clears throat> their hiring freeze is over. So Triple H apparently met with some people over here, overseas when they were in London, who knows who it was. But, you know, Triple H wants to bring in a few more guys. And I honestly think, you know, if the WWE had one more person, I'm still scratching my head that J.Y. didn't go to WWE. Like, you're, you are you want to just hang out on Collision and just hang out? You could have been, like, one of the prominent guys. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. You get to say whatever you want in your promos, man. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. They're, we'll see what happens going forward. They don't really have much interest for me. You know, even the MJF stuff starting to die down.
0: Yeah, and like I said, we'll get more into AEW next week. Uh, we'll get another Dynamite in in us, and we'll see the start of some of the Owen Hart tournament stuff, and we'll get some more uh, like I said, another Dynamite. We'll talk a little bit more. Maybe maybe CM Punk will do something that I can't. Maybe we'll find out that Triple H talked to like, Pac or something over in, in England, because I'm pretty sure I saw a picture of him, and I want to say it was Finn Balor working out together. So who knows? But that'll be next week. So for my co-host Cam and the chairman Stephen Vincent, I'm Justin C signing off uh, for our Americans. Hope you guys all have 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 a good 4th of July, and we will talk to you next week.